Phoenix FM, Oliver Buck, Mike Brown, and Darren Burrows bring you the Orient Hour. Yes, hello to all you beautiful people out there, wherever you're listening from, and thank you for joining us. Now, it's you that need to be thanking us because we're spoiling you tonight. We're gifting your eardrums with the most beautiful Texan twang ever to be heard in the East End of London because tonight we have the one and only Ken Teague sat in our studio. Uh, so guys, make sure you do get your questions in for Mr. Teague on Twitter or Facebook at The Orient Hour. And... Uh, Mike, we look set for a good one tonight, don't we? Oh, I can't wait for this show, mate, honestly. Uh, don't forget as well, we've got um, Howard Gould, who is the... Um, community community liaison, liaison officer. Yeah, got, it, for me, got, yeah. it, got it, you're <laughs> learning to read. And of and course, Martin Bellum yeah, from Martin The Guardian. We're, we're, we're spoiling him. We're spoiling him. Um, yeah, well, it's a dreamy trio we've got for tonight's show. And of course, the daddy-o, the golden nugget of knowledge, our co-host, Darren Burrows. Uh, Darren, it's a slightly different week this week because we've... We've got we've had an extra day in between the two games, or between the game and the show. Well, first of all, I'll give you that five later for calling. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, well, what, an extra day to, to enjoy, really. Yeah, and I was going to say, the way still, we look at it, isn't it? It, it still tastes Friday, just as sweet, doesn't it? Normally Friday at five o'clock, we're all at work, aren't we? Yeah. Well, some of us. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it, it's that Saturday victory still tastes just as sweet. And mine. It was a tunnel victory, and it was a it was a good Friday, wasn't it? If we're gonna if we're gonna be punny about it, it was a good Friday. It, it was. I think if we were worried about the TV hoodoo at all, the team started with the kind of pace that Justin had been asking for. Uh, Josh Caroma made a great chance in the first minute from the resulting corner, short ball from JMD to um, Joby, perfectly flighted cross in. Josh Coulson, one nil. And then, to be honest, not a lot else happened in the game, which is kind of a relief to say after all the sort of forced substitutions with injuries and red cards um, we've had. Um, Macaulay Bond uh, had a goal disallowed for offside, which I don't think we needed VAR for. He no. was, I don't think he was onside at any uh, stage during the uh, build-up to that move. Um, and then Harrogate had a couple of really, really great chances, actually, um, in the second half. Uh, hit the post and uh, another brilliant interception by Josh Coulson in the 88th minute. And then, right at the end of the game, Matt Harrell popped up with an the great, great late goal which settled any nerves there were. And I just, as I say, it, w- it was nice to have a relatively uneventful game where the team played great football, looked comfortable nearly all the way through. Harrogate had come to play football as well. I was really impressed with them as a team compared to some of the sides we've seen in the National League in the physical aspect of the game. I thought they played great football and it was a really enjoyable sunny afternoon at it, Brisbane Road. It, it was a lovely 90 minutes of sunshine which just happened to have a goal at the beginning and a goal at the end from two great headers. Um, but there were Martin Bellum's views on the game. Now let's hear Ross Embleton's as he spoke with Dave Victor after the game. Well, Ross, thanks for joining us and congratulations. How are your nerves? Um, all right now. Um, if we go back 15, 20 minutes ago, not so good. Uh, that last five minutes before the ball went up, I felt quite good once, once the ball went up. We seemed to manage games quite well, like, you know, like we did last week and, and then today we, we see it out quite well. But the five between sort of 40 and 45, it was, it was hard to look at times. Superb start. Josh Coulson again with that massive forehead. Yeah, he's um, he has got a massive forehead. I think he won't have any uh, any shame with me admitting that. It's no secret. Um, he's been a huge threat 
uh, Dave, in, in, in both boxes we know exactly what we're going to get from Josh and uh, as long as the delivery is of a of a standard, which which, uh, which it was and we had a plan in our mind of how it was going to how the first couple of set pieces were going to look in terms of how we could move them around and, and find an opportunity for someone to get on the end of it and fortunately his head was big enough to, to lift it into the goal. We disappointed that there weren't more clear-cut chances in the first half after that ideal start? Yeah, uh, obviously yes. Uh, I thought there was moments in the first half. Uh, I think the fact that James Brophy got the club man and a match showed you that the first half there was some moments where we looked a real threat and a real danger. Um, but I think you have to give credit to Harrogate. I think out of possession they're potentially one of the most hard-working teams um, up alongside us, I, w- I would say, in terms of the way they try to stop you playing and, and the way they press. And I think you've got to give them a little bit of credit in terms of them sort of nullifying that threat uh, and stopping us from creating more opportunities rather than us, you know, not particularly doing it ourselves. Because they don't lose many on their travels and they came very close late night, riding their luck. There was a, uh, once they hit the post and, of course, Josh Corson with a goal line clearance. Yes, I think um, certainly when, when you talk about, again, go back to both boxes, but when you talk about creating opportunities and defending opportunities yourselves, you've got to get bodies around the goal. You've got to follow things in. You've got to be expecting that it's going to hit someone and maybe drop. And you've got to be the ones to follow that up. And obviously, you know, Brillo was committed and we had men back on the line. I've just seen one of them back, the one that hit the post and, and James Brophy hooks it away. But we've got Marv on the line. We've got other people scrambling back in. So, yes, fortunate in terms of the way that the ball dropped. But at the same time, I think you can also look at it and say that you make your own luck if you follow things in. And the substitutes made a real impact, particularly Matt Howard. Yeah, Matt, you know, Matt, Matt deserves incredible you know, credit. He's, um, you know, sort of, unfortunately for him, started to get a bit of a tag about, you know, the FA Trophy and bits like that. But they were the games that he was getting his opportunities in. Uh, I felt devastated for him when he got sent off away to Telford because he'd had a huge impact and he, he's fantastic when he comes off the bench. He, uh, he shores us up and he can be an extra marker, but he's a huge threat. We can start to put more and different types of crosses into the box that are going to cause the opposition problems when you've got someone like Matt in the box and the other thing that he gets through without being or having blistering pace is he gets through a huge amount of work when he comes on to, to try to prevent the other opposition getting up the pitch. On the bench, were you aware what was happening in South Hertfordshire at Bournemouth? Uh, I wasn't until someone, and I, wa- I don't know who it was, I think it was one of the stewards actually shouted over to me, Bournemouth would have equalised. And I wish he hadn't. Um, I know he was only doing the right thing to try to try to help, but I can assure you that it had the uh, the opposite effect. Um, I didn't know that they'd, 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 they'd scored the winner until until we got back inside but um, you know we've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks you know once we've once we've seen that we've had a very good clear opportunity of saying that we need to focus on ourselves I've said think to yourself before that I actually haven't looked at the league table once this season I had a thing commitment to myself that I won't look at it for the first 10 games because it doesn't mean anything then it was I get to Christmas and we see what happens now I'm in that frame of mind that I'm not going to keep looking obviously I'm aware people tell me I know what the circumstances look like but I won't want to look at the league table because I just think we are in control of our own destiny and as long as we continue to get the results that we require then there's no no reason to worry about anyone else so over the next couple of games if there's anyone that feels like they're doing me a favour if they just rein it in and let someone else know rather than me it's going to be a tough one isn't it it's uh, Solihull Moors they also get, uh, gained a victory today yeah yeah. Um, as we well know Bromley's a tough place to go uh, a game like that probably so- suits Solihull in terms of the way that they play and you know the uh, the impact that they can have, have on, on, on Bromley um, they're a big strong team they've got you know, they've got a lot of good players I think the fact that it's we made it in the nicest possible way but they've got the name of Solihull Moors people 
you know, lose focus of, of the good players. They've got players that have had successes. They've had players that have played at a very, very good level. So we know it's a very good good team. They've had a very similar pattern to us uh, in terms of since since Justin came in here. They had obviously a couple of changes of managers, but their their run of form and their the way that the seasons have gone seasons have gone for them in that period of time is very similar to us. So and we know it's going to be an incredibly t- tough fixture. But I think at the same time, if if, if any of their staff are doing an interview now, they'll be saying everything the same about us. You travelled up on Sunday, I assume? Yeah, we will do. Uh, we're in tomorrow morning, so uh, not too much of an Easter, but in tomorrow morning for, for pretty much a recovery session and to prepare those boys that you know haven't quite got the minutes today and, and get them ready in case they're required for Sunday. Uh, and then we'll train on Sunday to, uh, late morning to, to travel up to, to Solio in the afternoon. Any injuries picked up today? Uh, no, I, I think everybody's come through pretty unscathed. You know, obviously some aches and pains and bumps and bruises, but I've, as I've walked out the dressing room there, no one's reported anything that I'm, that I'm aware of. The yellow card for Craig Clay looked very harsh. I think it was harsh because of the first two tackles that had gone in against us. I think that was where we felt it was a little bit unfair. The question or the answer that we were given at half-time was that Craig's one had more force than perhaps the other ones. But I said, well, if he's capable of running a little bit quicker, then he's going to have more force and more momentum behind him. Um, I think I think it's either you know, one in all in, really. If all three of them should have been yellow cards or, or none at all. Um, but I could feel that once two had been let go for them, the next tackle that went in for us somehow it was going to end up a booking. But... You know, that's Craig. Craig's that type of player. He's fully committed. You know, he, he wins the ball back. And, and I think the fantastic thing that he showed today was that never affected his game. Still made tackles. He was bright in terms of when he could commit himself, when he could go in, when he could be full-blooded, when he needed to, to hold back and, and contain himself. So I think that's a you know, huge credit to Craig in terms of the way that he maintained his game. I understand it takes him to 10, but you don't have to worry about that. This I think once you're two, I think unless you, you know, you're sending off some bits and pieces like that, I think I think ten cards, I think he'll be fine. And finally, the supporters over six thousand. Yeah, I mean that was as good an atmosphere today that I've ever experienced here. Um, I, there was like a moment in injury time where everyone was up on their feet and it was huge. And, and we were really clear of the fact that we haven't done anything yet. So as a staff and players' perspective, we needed to make sure that it was contained celebrations, but cel- celebrations all the same. But that that there was moments in that, that last sort of bit of injury time there where I thought, wow, I haven't seen this place like this. And, and if we can continue to put the um, put the results in and the performances in that we have of late, I cannot even begin to think what this place is going to be like within the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Congratulations. Thanks, Was. Now, Kent, oh, for the first time in what felt like forever yesterday, the O's got off to an absolutely flying start with Coulson nodding in with, what, only a minute or two on the clock. They looked so up for it, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, I think that we were good to go. And um, I think our players are playing in a way that they know they really don't have things to lose anymore. They just have things to win. And they're playing out of their passion and they're playing out of what they know that they want. They can see what they want and they know they can achieve it. And so they can get off to a very, very fast start. And, and it's a lot of fun to be there, no doubt about that. Well, well Friday was very fun indeed, with, thanks to that victory. But uh, Howard, Ross actually spoke about how the boys had worked in the week on, on how to break Harrogate down with their set pieces. Uh, it's, it's been a crucial ingredient to Orient success this season just throughout the whole year, hasn't it? It, it seems to be, which is, uh, it dumbfounds most Orient fans because I don't remember the last time we used to score from corners this regularly. There were seasons and seasons that would go past and we, we left 12 in 
every three or four games or could never score from a corner. So, uh, but it does help with, I mean, the centre-backs, all big guys, you know, you've got to use them to the best of their ability, haven't you? Mm. Good, all good in the air. Macca's great in the air. Um, and, yeah, so... It's, it's throw-ins, it's corners, it's free kicks. If we get the ball in the box, we look dangerous, Ken. And is there a man on your of your staff that you think deserves the, the praise for that? Well, I'd, of course, I'd start with Justin and, uh, and Ross and, and Danny Webb. Those are the three that are architecting uh, the different plays that they're running, the different strategies that they're employing. And I think really Justin, one thing that, uh, that Justin has done really well over the last year and a half is he's taken the material, the clay, if you will, that's been given to him by uh, Martin Ling, and he's turned it into something fantastic. And I think that Justin does a great job of helping these young men understand what their strengths are and how they can best leverage those strengths on behalf of the team. And we said there about the, the pieces that he picked up and all the different materials, and, and one of them that he did pick up was Joby. And Martin, he returned to the starting eleven yesterday. Uh, just how much of a, of a boost was it to see him back in the lineup? I, I think, I, you know, funny enough, I, I don't think he actually had one of his better games yesterday. There were, there were a few players I thought were a little bit under par, but it's just so good to see him in the team. And I think our, all our dips in form have corresponded with him having injuries. I think he's so important as a leader on the pitch. Um, and he's just, his passing is, is great and his vision is great. And, you know, the ball in for Colson for the goal was just amazing, you know. And, and again, it's that, looking at that set pieces thing is, you say, I remember, you know, yelling, just leave someone up from the North Bank about like 20 years ago or whatever, because we were so inept at, at both defending and, and taking set pieces. And you just feel that the, the team's brimming with ideas and energy. And I think when you've been on a good run of form and you know you're having a good season, you can see that they've really come together as a group of players. And, and you know, it was a huge relief when we got the second goal, but just those kind of joyous scenes of celebration on the side, side of the pitch when effectively, you know, it's just a league game and it's against Harrogate and we've pretty much bossed it, but it was just, you can just see how much it means to the players at the minute and it's just it's really great to see that from from players in an orange shirt even the celebrations in the, in what the second minute uh when joby whipped in the ball and, and you, it was there on the bt sport cameras him absolutely celebrating like a, the crowd down, a mad one. yeah and and yeah i think that the nervousness can reach the players mm. without a doubt it so does. i think i think getting off to that start was well was perfect I, I think we're, we'll, all, we'll all admit that, that Brisbane Road over the years has not been a fortress for people to come to. It's been somewhere that we can be a bit quiet to get behind the team. And if things aren't going well in the first 10, 15 minutes, that nervousness really does transmit onto the pitch. And I, but I think the last few weeks, that, that seems to have really, really gone. We've had such good gates, even for like, you know, the mid-week mid, uh, games against like Fylde and Eastleigh, like really big gates and really huge noise. It's been, it's been really enjoyable mm. to be part of. And uh, Howard, looking at that, Looking back at that starting eleven, um, James Brophy started at right back, and Jordan Maguire drew came back into that number ten role. And, and Justin's re just really utilising this squad that he's got at the moment, isn't he? It's amazing because no, I don't think anybody would have said uh, Broph would have been a right back at any time. He came in originally as a left back, and then like a left wing back. And he didn't have the best of times when he first came, if I remember. People were going, well, not quite sure. He's much better going forwards. Uh, just keep him up front as a like a number 11 and then all of a sudden he switches him to a right back and you think well, what's going on here but he's actually uh I he's done a, the, he's I done he had a great job, game yesterday yeah he does and and he he got into that space i i was looking at the formation of harrigan he looked like a bit of a, a three two three two or something at times it was like this gap on the right hand side 
when they were trying to press and left that centre area. And then when Brove got the ball there, the, the left back just didn't know what to do, did he? So He's so rapid, isn't he, yeah. Ken? He, the ball sticks to his feet. Are you talking about the snail? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, snail. The snail. <laughs> <laughs> no, James Brophy. And, and in recent, yeah, the snail. recent games... Brophy the snail. Yeah, Brophy the Justin snail. calls him the squirrel. <laughs> squirrel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, But even in the... He's gotten some crucial goals in the past week as well. And, and he didn't really have the best first half of the season. But he's really performing now, isn't he, Ken? Yeah, we, we happen to have... A number of players who are deceptively quick um, and it's not just Brophy although Brophy has just flat out uh, world-class speed um, we've got a number of players who are so deceptively quick um, you know there were a number of times yesterday when it could have we were maybe a quarter of a step away from unbelievable brilliance and it's not just McGuire Drew and it's not just um, you know, Karoma uh, and, and Bond and that, you know, Marvin Ekpetita decides he's going to go up and have a little shot at it too. And so, uh, you know, we, we have a, a squad right now or a side right now that has decided they are going to do what it takes to win. And they're doing that. And it's so enjoyable to watch. It is, and, and yesterday, or on Friday, sorry, I'm getting myself confused. On Friday, it was good to watch. But, but Martin, do you feel that after their kind of rapid start, do you not feel they should have tried to push for making a bigger gap in the scoreline in that first half? Or do you think Harrogate were just a decent side? I, I thought Harrogate played well. I mean, I think that we made some half chances. I, th I think at times we were a little bit guilty of poor decision-making. Um, and I think, you know, he scored a couple of goals in recent matches, so Josh Caroma is entitled to have a go. But there were a couple of times where he ended up taking quite wayward shots where you thought the pass was mm. the, the better option. But, you know, he's a young player and he's developing. As I say, if you've scored two goals in the last three games, you always, you know, he's always going to fancy his chances. Um, and so I thought it was interesting that the switch that Justin made was to take Josh... Off and I, I, I wondered whether there was a little element of man management of perhaps you know you've been a little bit too big for your boots down there and that side and you know there was certainly one chance where you felt like Bond was in a much much better yeah. position to convert but I don't know I, I think it's, you know goals change games is a real cliche and having got the early goal if we hadn't scored the early goal I reckon at half time it would have been quite a frustrating performance because we hadn't kind of managed to make that that breakthrough in the in the final third. But having said that, I think everyone was just really happy that we'd got gone. I thought they were decent. I thought they were decent opposition. I managed to get a couple of words with uh, Simon Weaver, the manager, after the game, and he said, and his words were, "The difference was in the box. You you were more clinical in the box, both boxes." And he was very complimentary of Orient as a club. I was equally being very complimentary of of, of Harrogate. Mm -hmm. On another day, we don't get that fast start. On the traditional Orient Day? <laughs> on, a, on another day, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think the other thing is they, 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 they did have those two, two great chances. I feel like I owe the linesman such an apology because um, I, I did because I was right in that corner and I may have uh, inferred that he'd made a terrible decision on the offside when um, uh, Thurwell, I think it was, threw in 60, 60 minutes. And so when you watch it again, it's like Marvin had just stepped back and played him on side yeah. and it was a great, great call by the linesman. But it was then a really, really poor finish from, from the guy. I don't know, he got past the keeper and then I just he just was he seemed to have a brain freeze about what he was going to do next and, and, and that was well, a, a real let off for it was us it's a bit like the yellow with, with, with Craig Clay I was adamant yes uh, for a Friday that that was not a yellow adamant it wasn't a yellow watched it back watched it back it was a yellow 
for me, right. for me, it was it. He kind of went up with right. his. He, I, me, Mike's giving me a little look across the studio. <laughs> Mike's having none but, of it. But for me, his, his, his foot that led with the tackle was off the floor. The studs were showing. Maybe you could say half of showing. It, it was a yellow, Mike, or are you gonna? I might say yellow. 100%. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I thought you were saying it wasn't a yellow. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. Right. Oh, you're right then. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do you think? Um, sometimes I look at these things as a referee. Right. And uh, and it's all, it's all to do with angles and speeds and things. Yeah. So for the, from where I was sitting, obviously not the referee's angle. I personally thought it was a good old-fashioned 50-50 mm -hmm. that he's won the ball cleanly and the guy's milking it, which he did a little because he he was sitting facing the stand and he gave us all a big wink and a smile. That's what I heard. And, yeah, and you think, mate, you've done it again. You you con the ref. So to me, I just thought it was a solid 50-50. Mm -hmm. But from a different angle, it looks completely different. Yeah. So you've seen the studs up and things. So. I just wish it'd been on the number four. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. What a whinge bucket he was, weren't he? I'd love oh, it. I'd love him in, in the ref every thirty seconds, buddy. Kind, kind of player that you, ever in these successful sides, especially in this league. He's a, you, he's you a decent player, Ollie. He's yeah. a decent player. Just, I'll, a terrier, I'll, I'll, you know, a terrier well, that you wouldn't like him. You, you, you hate, you hate to play against him, but you'd, you'd love him Plus in your, your angles, team. Yeah, angles, yeah. But, yeah. but how would they ch chatting about the ref? How on the whole, how do you think he got on? Because I, I think some of the frustrations with that clay tackle was because of the inconsistency. Maybe did you feel as though he had a good game yesterday? Well, to be fair, I, I think it was. He's, he's slightly better of a, quite a bad bunch we've had. Yeah, uh, the standard well, is obviously poor, which is uh, everyone's aware of across the league. No one would argue. No, I don't think so. So, but uh, I, I thought it was slightly better uh, than than the rest, if you like. I'm with you on that one, H. Yeah, you know. I agree with you. And I've looked at the previous games that he's done with yes, us, I'll and he, he does seem to have. Uh, he is one of the better ones of a mm. poor bunch, which is not really saying much, maybe. Mm. And, and moving into that second half, we've touched on it briefly, but my heart was in my mouth a few times. Um, I think Dean Brill got rounded twice, but I think it was the same player. That th th how do you say his name? Through through well, Therowell. Therowell. Yeah, we'll we'll go with anything. T. We'll call him T. T. Rounded um, Dean Brill a couple of times in that second half, and, and as we said there, he dithered once. And then Ken, your heart must have been in your mouth, but Josh Coulson. My word, what a block he made to stop it from going in, because it did look as though it was creeping in, didn't it? Yeah, somebody sent me a picture of it, and I basically responded, the artistry, the practice, the desire, the skill, unbelievable. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, it really is, and you look at that picture and you think, if that ball was a foot higher, if it was half a foot higher, it could have been, and this this was when we were only one to up, and it could have been a completely different day yesterday, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean the 88th minute, and I mean it would have been an absolute signal, a really crushing goal to um, to concede. And then I was a bit, you know, in in the build up, I, I kind of I wasn't sure whether Dan Happy had got a shout from Dean Brill because because he appeared to you know hesitate and and let let the player get around the back of him, which isn't like Dan because he's been so consistent during the season. And um, but, but between the two of them, and, and as I say, but just amazing from Josh Coulson. And you think, you know, he, he put us in the lead in the second minute and then stopped basically a certain goal in the 88th yeah. minute. He hasn't yeah. just got a massive forehead, has he? He's got a great... Uh, <laughs> big toe. Big toe. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the only disappointment that it wasn't a diving header that he'd gone in to, uh, to, uh, to clear it off the line. That would have been good. And talking about headers as well now, what a perfect segue into that beautiful ginger man. He's been dubbed the FA Trophy legend, Ginger Pele. Something only his wife should call him in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Oh, I love him. Matt Harold, my word, what an impact he's making week in, week out off the bench, Mike. Well, there's a discussion a couple of months ago, you know, we need a better target man, we need a better impact player. We signed Jay Simpson thinking he's going to be that guy. Matt Harold's gone, no, I'm not having that. And he's just 
pulled his socks up and he's been the main man, hasn't he? Because he, he, he struggled with the first... I think he was injured in pre-season, Kent, am I right? He was injured in pre-season. But it, it feels as though he's kind of really found his role that, that suits him in this squad now. And he's... He's, he's punishing defence in this league week in, week out. He's proven, he's confident, he fancies anything, he thinks he can win any ball, thinks he can... Every head is his, you know, and fair play to him. You know, and he, he deserved that goal. Yeah, I mean, he's done it time and time again, you know, in his second half of the season. And every time he comes on, there's real belief that we're going to get another goal. Mm. I, I think one of the things I've, I've said here before and about um, Alabi being popular because of the way he kind of like goes about it, but he hasn't perhaps made the goal scoring in, uh, impact that Justin or Martin or Kent would have looked for, whereas Matt perhaps has. And, and I think the other thing that I've forgotten is that um, Matt ended up having one game sort of like caretaker in charge of Crawley at the end of the end of time there. And he's quite a young guy. And you just think what a leader in the dressing room he must have been to have been put in that position. And he's also accepted being part of the squad and being on the bench and coming out uh, uh, and making an impact. So I think that says a lot about him as a character mm. um, that he's taking that on. And just think the goal at Brackley, the vital, vital goal against Halifax and then the goal on Friday, just right at the end of the season when you want an impact sub to come on and make a difference. He's, he's just really done it for us. And yeah. it's, it's just been great to see. And there's, a, again, talking about photos, there's an amazing photo <laughs> of him scoring scoring that goal. Just the concentration on his face. It's a, it's a great picture of him. I thought you were going to talk about another picture of Matt Harold that's, that's oh, done the round. <laughs> this picture and we'll move swiftly on. It's just him in an Orient kit looking happy. But um, I'm, I'm going to look away from Ken for a second there. I'm going to exclude Ken from this conversation. But um, uh, he, he's out of contract in the summer, uh, Matt Harold, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's it's he's getting on. He's slightly older. But what he's offering to the to the squad, Martin, you, 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 you'd want to give him an extension as a fan? Or just look for something younger and better in League Two. So should we get there? Touchwood. So, that's a really because uh, I always, you know, my experience with this is always like a Championship manager, and <laughs> I'd always be looking to improve the squad in all areas. You would be. Um, I would, but I, I kind of, I, I feel like if you've had a really great season, you'd want to try and keep as much of the nucleus of that squad together. And if he's, I guess the the bigger question would be around extending his contract would be for him himself how much game time he's expecting to get if he went up, you know, a year older in League Two compared to whether he would he get more game time if he stayed down in the National League and went to a, a different club. I don't know. I kind of... I mean, at the minute, I don't think there's... A, I, I don't really think there's anybody out that squad that I'd let go at the minute. Well, it, it, would, it would feel harsh, wouldn't it? And to, Darren, to, to, for, for someone in your squad to have helped win your promotion, because it's been a massive team effort. Everyone's played their part. I, I understand. So Mark, the contract one's then a hard thing, isn't it? It, it is, but you've got to take the romanticism out of it, really. And, and there's still two games to go and, and for me let's De get the, the season done and then Justin no doubt will have conversations with people like Matt Harold. I think someone like Matt might be happy with limited game time because he, he, he's not stupid he's, he's a wise guy no doubt he'll know that 35 his legs can't take him up and down a pitch for 90 minutes but he knows he can make a contribution still so is there is there a place for play, players like Matt well that's Justin's job to decide and I think I think we can all trust him he'll get it right it could be a big summer in terms of contracts, though, because you've also got, I believe, Charlie Lee, Alex be. Lawless, James it Dayton. Bad, it's going to be, be a big, big one. It will be a big summer, but I think we've still got the small matter of what league we're going to be playing in to sort yeah, out. That is very true. Um, so, looking back to Friday's game against Harrogate Town, we, we were speaking about Matt Howard and that goal, and my word, Howard... The place absolutely erupted in the 93rd minute, didn't it? You know, the noise was... I hadn't experienced it for a while. Nice. Uh, it, it was great noise. The scenes on the touchline with all the players, 
such a feel-good factor about the place on Friday, wasn't there? Yeah, this it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, being at the Orient for, uh, I don't know, 50-odd years now, um, we're having bigger crowds now in this league than we had when we were going up into the championship in 13-14. Um, although we did have, obviously, double-figure crowds in the 80s, but I don't remember that an atmosphere like this uh, or, or the volume of noise uh, or the camaraderie of a crowd, you know, I mean, we, we, we don't mention him anymore, but what happened and the resurrection of the club has just, just brought this club so together with the fans, the players, the, the staff, it, it is a different club. I, I was going to say, do you think that, and I would have asked this question even if Ken wasn't in the room, <laughs> but do you think that Travis and Teague, the work that they've done has been a cause for this, the amount of people that want to actually come and have a great day out of the Orient? It, it, well, of course, yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. There's no doubt about it. Um, so uh, they're the starting point, and the, the staff that they've employed and brought in, Danny Macklin and all the backroom, all the work that they do, um, the work in the community that goes on with myself and the trust. It's it's united. You know, we're united, and I like using that word because of the guys over the road. But uh, that's what it is. And there's, there is this feel-good factor, and we're riding this crest of a wave. And I think as, uh, why we keep it, it's, it's just going to keep going. I can't see it stopping. Well, I thought it was the best atmosphere since Peterborough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's how do you I think? Do you think it matched Peterborough? No. <laughs> if I'm brutally honestly, no. I, I, you're going to take a bit of time before we can match that. But hopefully, we'll be matching that against Braintree. But we're, we're talking about Peterborough as a, that was a one-off for, the, yeah, for that playoff yeah. game, and it, yeah. things are building up, and that was the the culmination when, of when that the, because that was you've got all to through. But this, this is happening regularly now, games, isn't yes, it? It's five thousand, then it's five and a half thousand, then we've got six and a half thousand. And these oh, are I never the, heard of that. This these is are a national league. away followings as well. We're tight, exactly. Fifty-nine people well, yeah, from Solihull. You know exactly. It's going on. But, uh, Ken, a picture that came out yesterday was the one with all the boys celebrating on the touchline. Uh, Justin Edinburgh was right in there. There was a similar picture after the Halifax game. Justin was in the, the bundle. You know, all the physios, the coaches, everyone. And what Howard touched on there about being united, there's just such a great togetherness throughout the whole team and club, really, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that Andy and Justin have created. And, you know, we're all the benefactors of that. And listen, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be proud of. But there's nothing better than the sound of un, kind of unrestricted, like this whole idea that there's just limitless joy in what just happened. And when it happens and it's so thrilling and it feels so good and you're sharing it with others uh, that you're around that you know, it is one of the best feelings in the world. And that's what we want. That's what we want for Orient. We want there to be this feeling that when you go to a match, home or away or, or wherever it may be, that you're likely to experience great deals of joy. And that's what we want. And just touching on kind of the, the attendances there and the fans, I understand for the Braintree game, uh, the East End capacity has been increased. Correct. Um, d tell us a bit how about this has worked out. What's, so what's, happening? What ha what's happening is, is that um, Danny, uh, I think it was Danny that came up with the idea. There's uh, somebody else, uh, some others that came up with it. Uh, it's this idea that there is a certain way that we can mark off an area and we can give a lot of the away side back to uh, the home fan um, from a stewarding perspective and a, a safety and security perspective. And we have to be careful of that. 
especially on a day uh, like Braintree, uh, which could be extremely thrilling. So um, what, what we don't want to have to have is people trying to get through another fan base to get to the pitch, so to speak. Mm. So uh, we just have to think about how we, how we do that. But yeah, there'll be, there'll be enough of us there, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be full. Well, I'm looking forward to next Saturday, but we've got something even more exciting than next Saturday because now it's time to play Minute to win it. Okay, maybe it's not quite as exciting as next Saturday, but we've got Ken Teague, Martin oh, Bellum. I, I, think, I think Monday might be more exciting than Minute to win it <laughs> well, too. But. Well, Ken, you, you, you haven't played Minute to win it yet, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> I think anything's more exciting. You're building this up well. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Minute to win it hype man. So, boys, you've got 60 seconds to answer as many questions on yesterday's game against Harrogate Town. If you don't know an answer, just say pass and we'll move on to the next one. Are we ready? Sure. Sure. How does Here. it go? <laughs> how, how long is it, did you ask? No, it's 60 seconds. You've got a minute right. to win it. Ready? Here we go. Orient took on Harrogate Town, but what's Harrogate's nickname? The Sulphurites. Yes. Uh, and how many fans did they bring? Mm, one something. 147. Oh, it was 160. What was the total attendance at the Bray Group Stadium? 6665. Yes. Who was their manager? Uh, uh, Steve Weaver. Simon, Simon Weaver. Yeah, I'll give you that one. In what minute did Orient take the lead? Six. Two. Second, yeah. yeah. Who assisted the goal? Uh, Jacob McEnough. Yes. Did he cross it with his left or right foot? Right. right. Yes. Who made their 100th appearance for the O's yesterday? Macabon. Yes. What colour boots was he wearing? Or blue. They were red. Uh, what was the first substitution for the Orient? Turley. No, it was Matt Halford, Jordan Maguire, Drew. What minute was the first substitution made in? 63. 63, yes! <laughs> yes. Who replaced Josh Caroma? Yes. Who replaced Josh Caroma? Uh, Harold. It was Jamie Turley. Turley. What minute did Turley come on? Oh. 78. 77! <laughs> Half a point. <laughs> I'm a good guesser. He knows his son, does I'm, no, I'm, I'm a good guesser. I'm a good guesser. Done for the club. We'd have to give him was, that, was that a minute? That wasn't a minute. That was bang on a minute. And you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, I want to. I was always want to give you half a point for that 78 because it was close. Well, you're the judge. You can give us half a point if you want to. All right, then I won't. <laughs> I, think, I think it's safe to say that the ref's watch was wrong and Kent yeah, was right. Yeah, was right. I'm not going to argue with Kent. Oh, this is going to for Kent. I'm still the one who doesn't understand offside, back pass, yellow card, red card. There's a whole, stu- there's a whole slew of stuff I still can't figure out. I watch it and I still don't understand well, it. Well, to be fair then, you did pretty well with eight points. That's not a bad effort, right? We did it as a group. We did it as a group. league official. <laughs> right, Mike, after that chaos, you know what we need in our Life. I think we could do with a little bit of stats for Matt. Let's get him on the blower. Hello? Uh, Matt, it's time for your stats of the week. You ready? Of course I am, Mike. Over to you. Stat number one. Orient's opening goal versus Harrogate was the quickest goal of the season and the fastest since Macaulay Bonstrock against Aldershot back in January 2018. Stat number two. Josh Coulson struck his eighth for the season on Good Friday and since his return from injury in February, the 30-year-old has averaged a goal every 180 minutes. Stat number three. Orient's opening goal versus Harrogate was the quickest goal of the season and the fastest since Macaulay Bond's strike against Aldershot back in January 2018. Stats incredible! Nice one for that, Matt. Cheers. No worries. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Mike, did we just get two of the same stats there, Mike? It was, mate, yeah. <laughs> Sounded like the stats were about to go into an infinite loop. <laughs> 
Orient's got a really quick goal. <laughs> As you can tell, that's probably my favourite stat. That, uh, did you like that stat? It was interesting to show just kind of how the O's haven't been scoring from the off this season. Here's an interesting stat from yesterday. Yeah. Are yeah, you ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's hear it. Largest number of point table uh, points in a season? Yes. Record breakers. Correct. Record breakers. Record breakers. Yeah, yeah. Harrogate also posted that that was the most fans they've ever played in Final front of yeah. ever. Yeah. Since 1920, I think, against Doncaster. I think that was the tweet I heard. So, but these boys have been breaking records all season. They they had the longest unbeaten start. Now the points. They've just got one thing to kind of make them real history boys, don't they, Martin? Finish up. Yeah, finishing up, finishing up. Um, so moving on and moving up, uh, we've got the fantastic Howard Gold, 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 Gold. Nice. In all my. <laughs> so we've got old Goldie in just Goldie we've got him in and I, I wanted to speak to you Howard about the work you've been doing in the community because every week every home game it seems like there's a different community group enjoying the game they're in the fans for diversity hub they're on the pitch at half time how has the season been for you off the pitch yeah it's been great um, the hub uh, has been going now if this is the second full season and pleased to say that pretty much every home game it's uh, it's occupied which was the idea um, so that, as you say that could be with with anyone diverse groups charities schools anything yeah it's been good and and do you think how would the this has been part of the reason why the attendance has been so high all the different community that are now being reached by the Orient it's having a knock-on effect isn't it oh it's definitely a knock-on effect I wouldn't say it was the it's the main reason why uh, suddenly <laughs> we've got an extra 3,000 fans but um, certainly the work that's been going on in the community since I've been there which is uh, well I started at the trust in 2004 so about 15 years ago um, and doing this particular job for about the last nine or ten years mm. um, and the introduction of the tickets to when Barry Hearn introduced let's give tickets to the community and he offered a thousand tickets out to local schools and stuff I mean thankfully was that per game uh, yeah it was per home game yeah more or less and he said look distribute these tickets get the, let's get people let's get the kids in because uh, they're going to be the long-term fans do you think and we've seen a direct take-up and correlation between that Howard do you yes think yeah it's definitely quite, yeah yeah, yeah people still talk, working yeah it's yeah working. But, but, but people still talk about now the 10 pound season ticket that he introduced wasn't it and stuff like that I've seen stuff posted online exactly who got their first season ticket yeah because it was great value and me and Kemp were talking on the way over about how important it is to keep yes. the, Easy for us to say as fans, in fairness, and, and the finances of the club obviously are, are always a, a factor that we've yeah. got to consider. But we need fans, and the work you do helps bring fans well, in. Well, that's right. I mean, the, the East End was bare, so the point is, well, let, let's give stuff away for a pound or ten pounds and get people in anyway. It was, it's going to be empty. But now the knock-on effect is, in that 15 years, those, those uh, young guys are now teenagers or adults in their own right with small kids and they're bringing their their, their babies a lot you know there's pictures of babies coming to the o's now um and their girlfriends and everything so it, it is a family club and that has worked the cheap ticket thing did work um and um I'm not, i don't get that many tickets now to give away because obviously uh the crowds are, are, are bigger but it doesn't mean that i still don't offer um, incentives and stuff like we have a 50-50 scheme for example which we offer to schools and charities which is they can go out we reduce the price of the ticket so we, they, they get reduced price tickets anyway but we put the onus on them to sell their tickets 
to their families and friends and whoever they're with. And the more that come, the merrier because they, they keep half of the money that goes back towards their project or their charity. And uh, on top of that, that's where you see the flag bearers of the Guard of Honor and the, the half-time penalties. There's that incentive and the kids obviously love that, get the experience, but the parents love seeing their kids on the pitch and it just makes it that special day. You know, they get the photograph and everything and that's what, that's the memory of Orient. Mm. Uh, and is there kind of in the pipeline for the next next season any any new plans in the community or is it too early to, to not say? really i mean we, uh, we've sat down danny and i sit in the office dave toyin and josh you know we, we talk about right we, we maybe we need to freshen things up a little bit something new or what do people want let's put it out there to the to the crowd what would they like to see but you know you're, you're limited to some degree with uh, obviously you've got time constraint you've got the pitch uh, Colin's not going to be very happy if we're dragging, <laughs> dragging bins and things onto the pitch and, and taking them off again or, you know, things like that. So there's, there's a couple of things we have to think about in the weather, you know, thinking the cold in the winter and the pitch is going to be mashed up. You, you're not going to have loads of kids playing a five-a-side match on there no. in the 10-minute interval and things like that, as, as much as it sounds great. Um, so, but there, there may be other things, like we had the space hopper yeah, thing I was gonna on say, Saturday. That, that looked a bit crazy what, what, yeah that, 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 that came great, from though. the energy check people and it was their idea that's their logo apparently is a space hopper oh okay so they they were selling that so you, this is an idea do you think you could do this for us and we thought well why not we give it a go mm -hmm. and it, i think it went down quite well so why the pitch is dry and things like that i, it, I wanted it, to it, give it a go yeah exactly <laughs> well this is it now people go i want to do that yeah. so uh, it might be th you know things like maybe hang something in the goal with a target and have people shooting through a target right but the kids love the penalty shoot against theo because theo's his own character yeah and now and the kids love theo they want their picture with him and they want to take penalties with him who, um, who is theo oh, no, no 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 what, what no. do you mean you, uh, what do you mean darren what do you mean no he's theo theo is the wife no but i don't know who the guy in this is theo it's Theo's like Father Christmas, isn't I'm it? A, I'm a <laughs> but a question, question for you. You do the job, in my humble opinion, do the job of a lot of enthusiasm. You've always come across to me as enthusiastic about the work. And is that is because you're an O, are you one of us, are you an Orient fan, or is there some hidden secret you want to share? Yeah, I think so. Thanks for the compliment. Um, <laughs> In both, in both degrees, yeah, no, I appreciate what you said about the enthusiasm. I hope it does come across that way. But yes, I am an Orient fan. My parents moved to Leiden in about 1968. Uh, my dad always was working, so my mum said, look, there's a, there's a football club around the corner, do you want to go? So we went, and it was my mum that started bringing me. Fantastic. And I got the hook in 69-70, as you know, we got promoted that year, so what a time to start. Mm. Um, and then we had that great period through the 80s of being in... Well, it would be the championship now for that period of time with some really, you know, the great players that would also drop the down. The and the Cunninghams. Well, this, yeah, but even players that would drop down in those days because they had to earn their money. It's not like today in the Prem. bowls. Exactly. You yeah. know, you hit the nail on the head. You would see bowls and Ralph Coates and the old Spurs players coming down. And we, there were some fantastic players yeah. and, and games and the crowds. As I say, there were double-figure crowds. Mm. Um, and obviously you grow up, and then my mum started working for the Orient because it, even in those days we were a family club. Everyone knew each other, very small backroom staff. Um, and I got in there, and um, I knew Frank Wolf, and I used to do a bit of announcing, believe it or not, the half-time announcing as a teenager. So you've done, you've done a lot of yeah, different jobs. Yeah, so, yeah, little yeah. jobs. And I knew Adrian, the kit man Ada. Yeah. I've known him for like 25-odd years uh, through there, so friends as well as being a fan, you know, and to get the job, I still get a buzz now going to the training ground on a, one day a week and chatting, yeah. being so close and having that And then you've got privilege. Ken, who's, who's been fantastic with the schoolwork well, Ken's put in. Oh, you, you can't ask... A legend already. I've never known a, a club owner who, who puts in no. that amount of work 
You know, the first first thing he came in and said, he said, when I get off the plane, he said, I belong to Leighton Orient. You know, my my wife and my kids are at home. They're doing what they're doing. They're not here with me. I'm here for Leighton Orient. There's my diary. Just fill my diary up. I don't <laughs> want to be sitting in a room. I want things to do. Well, and uh, we take him we take him to heart for that. It and he just does. sums up Mr. Kent Egan himself. Yeah. And so now we are going to turn our attention to uh, the Orient Cowboy, the Texan legend. <laughs> The Leighton Orient Principal Investor and Vice Chairman. Yeah, yeehaw. Uh, Ken Teague. Um, Ken, let's, let's take a slight look away from the going-ons on the pitch. Um, we're coming towards the end of your second season now in E10. And just how has it compared to how you thought it would pan out? Well, I didn't think we would be in the position that we're in, uh, at, in the position in the table. Um, that's not where I expected us to be. Obviously, Justin made a different decision about where he wanted to be, and uh, he's making that happen. And, and Martin Ling also, you know, they they really, I wouldn't say that they were uh, unhappy with where I thought we were going to end up or where I predicted, but they, you know, for Justin, it wasn't going to be good enough where I said we were going to be. So do you think that was almost a case of motivation for him? For, for, to hear you going, I don't... I, don't I, I really don't think you need to motivate Justin Edinburgh, to be honest. I think he comes fully charged and fully ready to go about 25 hours a day. So I don't, I don't think I need to motivate Justin. I think, <laughs> I think he's, he's good just right where he's at, yeah. And, and it is obviously such a crucial time on the pitch, the mm -hmm. next seven days and then obviously with the trip with Wembley. But just how crucial is it kind of for you and from your point of view that Orient have a successful end to the season? Well, this, now that we find ourselves in the position that we're in, uh, we just need to finish it and be done with it. And, you know, we had talked about um, two years ago, or however long, or roughly two years ago, how we thought it would take us four years to get to this spot where we're at. Mm. Uh, we've obviously done it a little bit faster than we expected. Um, and, you know, I think that's through a tremendous amount of work from a lot of different people. So we're very blessed, and now we just see where we end up. And I am very optimistic that we're going to do very well. Our side, Justin, Ross, Danny, all of them, Keats, all of them, you know, they've showed up a certain way this year. I think it would be very uncharacteristic for them to show up any differently the next two games than they have the previous 44. So I believe that we are going to do very well. And, and of course... Ken, can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, there was some interest um, in the past for you yep. looking at other clubs in, yep. um, in Europe. Yep. Um, and is that still the case? Or no. Have you? no. No. Where did that no, come no. from? Was that just a well, part, something it, you expressed uh, in the past? Well, when I, when I, started, uh, when I started wanting a, to be involved in professional sports, um, I looked at clubs in many different... Um, sort of areas. So I looked at Major League Baseball, I looked at uh, NBA, um, and I looked, and, I, and I've looked at football clubs in South America and in Europe. And obviously on North America, it's pretty well known that I made offers on clubs in the United States, two different clubs, three different clubs in the United States, three different written offers. Um, so, but I have no desire uh, to own another club uh, in another area, another football club, Can I say or I'm another. All like Northern fans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have no, I have yeah. no desire, and and I've been approached, obviously, over the last. The more successful we become, 
uh, the more uh, I'm sure both Nigel and I get approached. And uh, because they want us to bring that magic uh, to their area of the world, so to speak. I've, I've been, you know, conversations in Portugal, conversations in Spain, conversations in, in uh, France. Um, and, and now the immediate answer is it's not even worth us even having a conversation. I'm not talking about it. I have a single focus, um, really focused on getting Leighton Orient to where you guys say you belong. And uh, see, I don't have the historical perspective that lets <laughs> me say that where we belong. And so I just that, that I I just think it's for me. I'm really focused on late Orient. I'm also now you know becoming more focused on some technology stuff that I'm doing. But you know my passion lies with late Orient. Nice. I promise you, if you ask my mother, uh, who heard me cuss um, most of April the sixth for about two hours, um, and she, you know she 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 thinks that I'm going to have a very hard time getting into heaven. <laughs> but. I, I just, I, I have a real passion for the game and I have a real passion for Leighton Orient Football Club. Do you feel as though that's almost, imp- not improved, but increased this year because Absolutely. of how it's gone? Oh. Well, yeah, I, I also think that um, what makes it increase is my absolute honor and chance to get to spend some time at preseason with the players and with, you know, with, with with Justin and Ross and Danny and Martin Ling and getting to know them better and the character of the young men that we have that play for us, uh, they are truly just phenomenal. Mm. Uh, Dates is, D11 is one of the funniest, quickest witted, craziest maniacs on the planet and he's just such a joy to be around. You know, Matt Harold is a leader He's a quiet leader. He's not out front. Joby McEnough is an, just an unbelievable person. It just, Dean Brill is so knowledgeable uh, and just such a great, great guy. Brophy is just a kid. He's a little kid and he's just having so much fun. Josh Caroma is so shy and yet you turn him out on the pitch and he just blossoms. Maniac. Macaulay Bond is a phenomenal player, and on and on and on. Craig Clay and Colson and Ekpatita. And, you know, I happened to accidentally, well, I guess I didn't accidentally kiss, uh, you know, Dan Happy on the cheek. And, and Dan is just a phenomenal. And these kids come from phenomenal families, and we are so excited that well, they're a Ken, part of our family. It sounds as if you're, you're talking about your own children here, Ken. This, this passion well, that you, you... There you, is. There is that. I, I try not to interfere and be too involved with the players, but I, I do want them to know that we are really pleased. You know, James Alabi, I call him Chaos uh, and Turley. And if I haven't mentioned your name, it's not, please don't take it the wrong way, but um, you know, these people are now a part of the Orient family and they always will be. And so we're very, the, they have spent their lives getting ready to do what they do. And you know, we absolutely love them for it. Joe Whittison, <laughs> when, we went, when we went to Portugal, I got to spend time with Joe. And he, again, just a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal guy. And, and I can tell you that here, let me say this about the players because I think it's really important that people know this is how I think about it. In order to win the league, it takes 22 to 23. You don't win with 11. 
And the reason you don't win with 11 is because you only play 90 minutes roughly a week, but you practice a lot more than that. And so when Lawless is out there on the pitch, the practice ground, and you know Shadrach is out there, or whoever is out there, you know that's that's on that Charlie Lee or, or you know whoever's not you know it's it. I see a lot of focus pasted on the eleven and then the five on the bench. I can tell you that the other people who are not on the bench and are not on the pitch are just as important to the win mm. as the ones that show up on the sheet. Mm. And, and people forget how important they really are. And they are massively important to our success. Not just because they can go from not on the sheet to on the sheet to on the pitch, but it's because of the amount of skill and dedication and drive and testing that they do of, our, of the players that are on the sheet that makes us such a, such a success. Absolutely. Now, can we don't have loads of time, but I do have some questions off of Twitter that um, we've asked fans to get in for you. Sorry, I'll go faster. <laughs> I got something to say about the trust. Listen, I, I, wish it could be called, I wish it could be called the Orient Two Hours, but it's only called the Orient no Hour. Um, now, Amelia Harris at Mills underscore 89X asks, what's been your favorite Orient game since you joined us? And what is the hardest thing about being owner of Leighton Orient? Uh, the games I hate the worst are the ones we draw. So go from there. <laughs> so, so you I mean, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have a particular game where I say, "Oh, that was absolutely my favorite." Mm. Listen, we've won from the front. We've come from behind. Uh, we've come from behind for a draw. We've won with ten men far too often. Um, you know, I, it, it, there is no one particular match or one particular game. Believe me, I have thoroughly enjoyed, and mm. it's been well documented, my time at Wrexham, my time at Gateshead, my time at Geisley, and, you know, and all over the country. So, and, and no you, favorite game. You do get mixed up in with the away end on these, on these away trips. It it's is. a tradition. And, Richard, and Richard Hayden's actually picked up on this tradition and said, can you ask Kent if he will be sitting with the Orient supporters on Monday or with the Solihull directors? I don't know, I don't know how it works at there. Um, I will have a conversation with their director of security and see if there is a way for me to get from where uh, I sit to where I belong in the second half. Nice. And now we've... We've got the stat man in, Matt Bristow, Stat Bristow. He's asked, how important has the crowd been in recent weeks? He feels as though the atmosphere has pushed the players on in the recent week. He's listed Easley, Sutton and Harrogate. I believe it's, I think, I believe it's, I believe that the fan uh, plays a paramount importance uh, in what we do. I think there have been times this year when the players might be willing to admit that the fans have dragged them over the line and made it to where we got a result when maybe we wouldn't have gotten a result or we got a big result when we just would have gotten a result, that draw that I love so much. <laughs> and so I, the fans to me are, you know, they are the soul of the club. And that's, you know, they mean everything to me. And, and the last question as we run out of time is actually from me, it's my tweet. Um, Pre-season? Ken, I think there's a yes, lot of Orient will be fans a out there yes, that wouldn't mind a, a week away somewhere. Yes, there will be a preseason. Uh, where we go and how that will turn out 
I really don't know the answer okay. yet. Uh, it depends on uh, if we're in League Two or if we remain in the National League. Um, and then, and then it's who really wants to be, uh, you know, involved with a National League side or a League Two side. Mm. And could, but, could that be extended so fans are aware of where it is early? So there's, there's a lot of interest in actually going on. Well, I was going to say, has any of you guys got any requests anywhere you want to oh, go? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, and and yes, the answer is yes. We try to plan those things as far in advance as we can. We planned it really far in advance last time, and then the people that we were supposed to be involved with decided that it would not be a good idea for us to be involved with them um, from their fan base perspective. So um, again, we try to give people as much advance notice as possible. I know that there are discounts on airline tickets and hotels and all you kinds of things. People want to go. And just people, people want to go and be able to schedule yeah. it. Want to be part of it. I would love to be able to schedule my trip home. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say, I really, I really fancy I would Texas. Love, I wouldn't yeah. mind a week in Texas. Any yeah. chance of a preseason no. out there? No. no? no well, don't fancy a it's, friendly against an MLS yeah. team in the Cowboys yeah. Stadium or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to play in... 105 degree heat. Well, I won't be playing. With, <laughs> you want to stand yeah, 105 <laughs> degree heat and about 95% humidity. Yeah. It's warm weather training. Get, It'll the, be get warm, the boys ready right. for league two. <laughs> no, we're, listen, we are all, all I want to say is this. We are extremely blessed as a club to have a fantastic trust that does amazing work in the area of man versus fat, coping through football, lots of different schemes that are being run. And it's not just about what I happen to get the chance to do, but it's about what the trust does. We are amazingly blessed by a back staff, a staff mm -hmm. that's run by Danny, that makes a huge difference. And we are amazingly blessed to have people like Martin Ling and Justin Edinburgh on the football side. We are building an incredible club and we are so thrilled that so many people want to do it with us and so thanks to the fans for doing that and what a lovely way to wrap up that chat thank you for picking our brains now Howard we've literally got about a minute and a half left is the Orient Hours favourite ever 11 the striker it's very controversial on Twitter but who would you pick as the first striker to go into the favourite okay. ever 11 like I said off, off, off air it's a, it's a tough one with Jamie Scowcroft in there <laughs> but um and I understand it's got to be from people who I've that seen. You've seen okay, yeah. So it's from 70 onwards. And I've seen some, obviously, some great players um, working backwards. Macabon, 50 goals in two seasons. You can go all the way back. But I, I think I have to be relevant and look at the standard of play that I've seen. The highest standard, which was in, would, have been, would be championship now. And I think I'm going to go for Peter Kitchen. Peter Kitchen. Great choice. I don't think there'll be any arguments Great there, choice. which is good, considering we don't have the time to discuss the choice. So you're exactly. lucky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, one week to go and everything will be decided. A massive week in the history of Orient. And Come sure on, you O's! It's sure to be exciting, tense, nervous, probably pretty horrible. Um, but thank you to Kent Teague, Martin Bellum and Hal Gold for joining us. And of course, my, uh, my lovely two, Mike Brown and Darren Burrows. And uh, we'll of course see you again here next week at Phoenix FM. And we want you to have a great week. Relax and... Uh, but the biggest thank you this evening has to go to that man, Joshy Coulson. So we'll sign out with this belter and we hope we'll see you next week. Up the O's. Up the O's. Up the O's. Up the O's.